Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Hi! Hi! It's been a couple of weeks. It has, and if you can't tell, I'm quite nasally. But you look great. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You have pregnant woman glow, even though I'm sure it feels no, like anything but glow. It is pregnant woman sweat. Oh, sweat. And it's, I swallowed a watermelon. It's such a cute watermelon. Oh, God. Well, it doesn't feel cute. Lady, what very non-exciting drinks are we drinking this week? Well, considering it was 95 degrees today, <sighs> Sarah, and humidity at like, what, 100%? It was ridiculous. Um, and I am on as strong of an antibiotic as I can for a pregnant lady. Mm-hmm. I got water. Same here, girl. I promise, listeners, that in a few weeks, I will at least be trashed. <laughs> yeah, we are We are in delicate flower mode right now because not only are oh, we pregnant, but we are in the middle of North Carolina heat right now, and I it's everything I can do to try to stay hydrated right now. Otherwise, I instantly start cramping up. It's that kind of heat where by dinner, I want nothing to eat. So, my sweet husband brings me like, like I can't eat when it's really hot. I'll yeah. start to feel nauseated or I'll even throw up, mm-hmm. even pregnant. So, he's like, I'm going to go to cookout. And he got the girls a hamburger and, well, not Sabrina, she's been sick, but he's like, what would you like? And I said, honestly, long story short, I had to go in and out of the office several times today, like in my car and go places. Uh Uh-huh. So, I was hot. Yeah. I never got a chance to actually cool off Mm -hmm. before I had to go back out again. So, I was like, you know what? I would just be happy with a peanut butter banana milkshake and some fries. Yes, queen. And he's like, well, I can do that. I'm like, really? You're not going to give me a hard time? And he's like, well, it's peanut butter and a banana, so. Nutrition. You got dairy in there and got starch, so. (laughs) By the third pregnancy, he has learned, just give me what I want. Uh, Third pregnancy, also third trimester. You don't F with the pregnant lady. Especially when she's been sick for... Almost two weeks mm-hmm. or 10 days, 11, 12 days, something like that. Yeah. As a wise person once said, don't anger it. <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't want to anger me. So he was like, sure. So, I mean, there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't, like, I'll feed the kids, mm-hmm. I'll feed him, and then I'm just eating a popsicle. And then about nine o'clock at night, I'll have something nutritious, mm-hmm. like a salad or something. Yeah. But it's just so hot. Yeah, I lose I lose my appetite sometimes when it's hot. And that's rare for me because I <laughs> had the appetite of a linebacker, as I like to say. But, yeah. I don't see it. Like, I don't hardly, like, you, we go to lunch and stuff, and I don't see this that's, linebacker that's appetite. That's because it's, like, preset portions. Oh, okay. Like, and I've also gotten better ever since I went on Nutrisystem, too. Okay. And stuff. But, yeah, I would be the one who would just, like, shamelessly pile stuff on my plate. So, like, a buffet ah. would be, like, your thing. Kind of, sort of. It's, yeah. Would you be like Templeton, Templeton from Charles Webb? Smorgasbord, smorgasbord, smorgasbord. Probably. But yeah, it's, I think I'm getting to the point where the baby is taking up room where my stomach would be. And so it's not that I'm having food aversions. I just don't have as much of an appetite the last few days. Yeah, I just don't. Which I don't understand because I, I don't, I don't feel like I've eaten as much and yet in two weeks have gained like four and a half pounds and i know it's just because it's the end of the 
you know, mm-hmm. I'm at 32 weeks and I'm at that point where baby grows more, like yeah. the most. But I stepped on that scale and I was like, holy snap. <laughs> and of course, they were like, good, your, your weight's good. Your weight, you're doing fine, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? Sorry, I forget. Did you say 32 or 34 weeks? I'm at 32. 32 weeks. And I'm at 14 weeks. That's what I was confusing you with. Oh, okay. No matter what I do, I just can't catch up with you. I don't think you want to be me at this point. No. <laughs> Bless pregnant women in the middle of summer, like third trimester women in the middle of summer. I don't know how you handle it. Thank God for dresses. And like yes. now they make those long, short underwear looking things mm-hmm. that like have that wicking. So it pull- draws all the moisture wicking. Yeah, it takes all of that sweat away. So mm-hmm. I can wear like all these long, flowy dresses. The only thing is I wear my sneakers because mm-hmm. where I work, it, it's a lot of gravel, mm-hmm. like fall and sandals. But um, a lot of, well, I guess it's a good thing that I like slushies and popsicles and mm-hmm. ice cream and frozen lemonades and all like iced coffees and. So I, I just to, I went to Sheets the other morning and I thought about you when I passed by the giant wall of the different slushy drinks. Wasn't it amazing? It is beautiful. You would never have thought to to stop and look at it till I mm-hmm. said something, right? And I'm just like, oh, it's See? magical. We'll have to do that. Yes, I'm going to have to stop at Sheets one day and just be like. Here are our giant slushies, Sarah. We're going to have a like slushy the, off. The big gulp size. Yes. I'm going to be like, we're going to have a slushy off tonight. We might not get drunk, but we will get high. <laughs> I'm all jacked up about you. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be motherhood on tap. Alvin and the Chipmunks edition. That'll be when, that will be the moment that makes the baby start kicking just because there's so much excess sugar in my system. I'm yeah, I notice when I go have that second cup of coffee in the morning, which I never finish. Mm-hmm. I just want an- enough. Yeah. I want just to. second And they give cup. small cups of coffee at work. Yeah. Well, I have a big, they gave us a big turvis oh, thing. Nice. But, but I only fill it up halfway. And it's amazing for like the next hour. Mm-hmm. Like I get. As I like to describe it, swim, swim, stab, swim, swim, stab, really? swim, swim, stab. I describe it as ninja kick here, ninja kick there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had my friend Holly described it as uh, her, her little one was always doing the speed bag in her tummy. My oh. girls do ninja kicks really well. And this little girl is no exception. Like, I'll be watching TV and she does not like it when I have, like, all the pillows propped up. on. I would just want to lay propped up she doesn't like it when you're comfortable is what i'm hearing and so suddenly i'll see like one bulge and then i know it's coming all of a sudden and then the bulge will just roll and roll and roll and roll and she also does not like for me to sleep on my left side i'll try to sleep on my left side and all of a sudden i feel like this pushing and i think it's because she likes to be on the left side Uh and when i sleep on my left side which is my favorite side to sleep on Uh i'm pushing on her so and then, that's unfortunate because that's the better side for acid reflux. And to breathe. Yes. When your right nostril is naturally stopped <laughs> up anyway, and then you have a sinus infection, like you want to be on your left side, so your left one, anyway. So, Poor but lady. as soon as I roll to my right side, she stops moving. I'm like, you suck. <laughs> oh, you punk. Like, some what Mark was the other night, he was rubbing my back, and he was like, honey, try not to bother mommy already. You're not even born yet. 
<laughs> we haven't even gotten started with this. Like we yet. haven't even met you and you're already pissing her off. <laughs> oh, she's gonna be a sweetie. Oh yay! I can't you know wait to-, want to push all my buttons. I can't wait. Hey, at some point you thought this was a good idea. <laughs> you know there are moments. Yes. Lot and there are a lot more moments. I just want to sleep. <laughs> That'll be about twenty years. Yeah, I was going to say ten. No, <laughs> no, because oh, she'll be. This one will be ten in ten years. Uh huh. But Sabrina will only be sixteen. And from the stories I have told you, I'm very worried about the teenage years. True. Anyway. Yep. So we don't have alcohol to soothe our nerves right now, but water. Cheers. Yay, water. Hydration. At least we won't have like massive migraines and be cursing each other out because we're having pain. I'd say when I when I have a massive headache, I would just be like, Pamela, shh. We just need to be quiet. I would be like, Can you turn off the light, Sarah? It's a little bright in here. Can you get the air to work in this GD attic? <laughs> Can I go lay in that on that bed right there under the fan? Oh, I'll just. Turn the fans on. I'll say I'll just hook the <laughs> hook your microphone up to like the post of the bed. I just talk to me right. Here. <laughs> we need to get some of those like wet cool rags or whatever they're called. Yeah. The ones where you wet them and they keep you cool for like two hours. Yeah, I um I've had those before. I think somebody gave them to me when I was pregnant with Aurora. Uh-huh. <laughs> I came home and I was asleep and like I had an ice pack across because I swelled really bad with Aurora, Ooh. and I. I had two ice packs across my feet, and then I had the cool rags, one wrapped around my neck and the other wrapped around my head. Aww. And Sabrina was, like, rubbing my arm, he said, and I was fast asleep snoring. <laughs> you were in your happy place. It was so hot, and it felt so good to be cold. I know. All right. Shall we jump into crap from the internet? We can. I have some funny stuff. I have funny and interesting. I like both of those things. Funny and borderline scientific. All right. All right. Just hear me out. So, you know, people sometimes get a little drunk and they don't really know what they're doing when they're driving drunk, right? Right. Bad idea. Have you ever seen somebody drive a toy truck while drunk? Tell me what you mean by toy. Like... Like a Power Wheels or something? Yeah, a Power Wheels. No, I have not. Because a woman got arrested for driving a toy truck down the road drunk. Oh, no. Lady! But she didn't get a DUI because her vehicle was a toy truck and it wasn't a licensed vehicle. Um, I'm pretty sure you can get a DUI for riding a bike down the road. It's any kind of vehicle. But it's that's a, like considered a toy. At least in the state of South Carolina. All which, right. by the way, let me explain. The state of South Carolina, you do not have to wear helmets, even on a motorcycle. And you do not even need to wear seatbelts in the back seat. This is South Carolina. Why do we let them be a state? Which I love South Carolina. I love your beaches. Don't listen to Sarah. Say, my sister lives there. I just like to give y'all a hard time. Don't ban me. <laughs> Send all hate mail directly to Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, to Sarah directly. So a South Carolina woman was driving drunk. Um, it's her. I'm not going to say her name, but she's 25 years old. But she was charged with public intoxic- intoxication. Mm-hmm. 
She was spotted cruising down the road in a Power Wheels electric toy truck after a caller reported a suspicious person on the street. Oh, dear. She was driving about a mile from her home in Walhalla when they stopped her. The big question was, was she driving to or from her home? Was she coming home or was she about to head out for a rager? I don't know, but all I know is that my kids have one of those Jeeps and they don't, I mean, they go fast, but they don't go that fast. Especially they go slower, the heavier the person is that's in them. Oh, yes. Yeah. And depending on how much battery strength they have, too. Yeah. So she was probably like, put, put, put. <laughs> Not only that, but she's 25. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say she's at least my size as far as height. Yeah. And I've seen those trucks. She's like, guys, crunch up. <laughs> it reminds me of a Dumb and Dumber Jim Carrey on that little, that little scooter. Gosh, I hate those movies. <laughs> Just in my, that so image, not my brand of comedy. That image popped into my head and I was like, oh, so uh, there's no other information about that. Just this woman didn't get a DUI, but she was public and uh. it. And I just had to put that image in your head of... Someone in a Power Wheels truck. Get it, girl. But don't be drunk. No. I don't think you should drive that anyway. In your yard, do you? In your yard, okay. Yeah, grass. No, not on the road. Not on asphalt, because, like, you're top-heavy. No offense. No, it's just a fact. Right. Um, next story. April the Giraffe. We know who April the Giraffe is, right? No. The giraffe that gave birth online several times. Aww. Do you know that one? Yes. Okay. Well, now she's going to go on birth control after having five calves. Calves. Good for her. Apparently, she's super fertile. And I know some people are like, why is this random? Let me explain. I love animals. Mm -hmm. I am a big advocate on that whole spay and neutering thing. Bob Barker Mm -hmm. slash uh, Drew Carey thing. But I always wondered, what do they do with these larger animals at the zoos and stuff? Like mm-hmm. That's like getting a giraffe down to try to spay or neuter it. How does that work, mm-hmm. if it's working? So instead, they're going to put her on birth control. So no more babies. After they live-streamed two of her pregnancies and births, um, Jordan Patch of Animal Adventure Park in Harper- Harpersville, New York says that 17-year-old April, which I have no idea how much that is in human years, Mm -hmm. will start contraceptives on Friday and retire from the park's breeding program. Mm -hmm. The park's care team decided to retire April following the birth of her fifth calf, Azizi, Azizi, in March. And more than 300,000 people watched that birth live on YouTube. Aww. Sorry, out of breath. Give me a sec. Yeah. But her most popular one was back in 2017, where she uh, there was 232 million views on the site during a seven-week period before she gave birth to calf. Uh, hold on. There's a pronunciation here. Tajiri. Sure. Tajiri. Patch says the zoo's breeding program will continue with the new female, Johari, which is April's former, uh, and then April's former mate, Oliver. <laughs> so she's getting kicked to the curb. And the younger girl's coming. <laughs> uh. But she will be housed with her two young calves, Taj- Tajiri and 
Azizi. Azizi. But it doesn't explain how they're going to give it to her. I guess they're going to mix it in the food, a shot, or something. I mean, zoos are very good about doing things humanely <laughs> and in the best interest of <coughs> I know it's in the best interest of the animals. I but. don't doubt that it's humane. I'm just curious how it does. Oh. It works. That's it. You should write an email to them. Can you tell me how you do this? Because I'm a nerd and I must know everything. Mm-hmm. And in my future, in the future, when I have giraffe <laughs> contraception opportunities, I want to make sure I'm prepared. I mean, it's like, you know, people joke about pills being horse-sized pills. Like, uh-huh. do they have giraffe-sized pills? Giraffe-sized oh birth control. <laughs> Blah. Oh, gosh. What poor zoo intern has to put the suppository <laughs> up her tush? <laughs> Hold still, April. Get knocked off the ladder every time. <laughs> Can you back that thing up? <laughs> or put the, what is it, the depot, the little implants in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> or who, who's in charge of implanting the IUD? Hold, oh, not me. Probably like <laughs> two feet wide. The IUD is probably like as wide as this table. <laughs> don't Nuva ring the size of a hula hoop. <laughs> I could go all day. I could do. Oh, sorry, but I do love that um, her former mate's gonna jack up with the <laughs> shack up with the new girl. There's one part of me that's and she's like, "Oh, girl, not uh," and the other part of me is like, Psh, "Good, I'm tired of being touched. <laughs> I got too many kids to keep up with. <laughs> I'll just go hang with my babies. Leave me alone. <laughs> don't touch me." <laughs> we're, we're done. And again, I don't know what 17 years in giraffe is to humans, so mm-hmm. she could be very late in life. Who knows? Girl, I'm really excited about our topic for today. Yeah, it's going to be fun, I think. So, what are we talking about? It's kind of hard to name it, but, like, I guess I put on my notes parenting styles from the different decades. Mm-hmm. But the one that just popped to mind is outrageous parenting advice throughout yes. history. Yes, what parents thought was smart back in the day. Yeah, and I don't know if I should say this before or after we go through all this. I'll wait till after. It's kind of a sort of a disclaimer, but if I say it before, it'll kind of put a, a capiche on all the fun. Liz, do you want me to explain how we came up with this topic? Absolutely. So we have a few episodes back, the old wise tales with like pregnancy and like caring for infants and stuff. Lots of wind talk during that episode. Oh, it was. It was really funny. All about the wind. The wind. I'm like, what is up with the wind? He just opened it and just blows, her, blows up her cooch. Throw, blow through yon cooter. <laughs> I just, I couldn't get the, I, I completely heard that wrong in my head. <sighs> I'm sorry. But I said, wouldn't it be funny if we went back to like, some of the really outrageous and even downright stupid parent advice that we that they thought was like scientifically true way right. back in the day, and we were like, "Yes, let's do it." And so we're we're starting all the way back, and we kind of split up the different decades. And so I'm starting with the 1800s through the 19 teens. Yes, that's the right way to say it. Yes. So, an interesting thing I found, just to give a little bit of context, is parenting shifted significantly during the 1800s. Up until 
the mid to late 1800s, children were basically seen as tiny adults and were treated as such. They were given responsibilities and were put to work pretty much as soon as they were physically able. And because of that, children didn't really have what we consider to be a childhood today. Yeah. It's just, go labor or you die. <laughs> or we starve. Get to sew and jammy. And that, that's where I get the joke of, I don't want to do chores, Matt. We got to go breed more laborers. Because <laughs> that's basically what you would do, is you yeah. were breeding laborers. Yeah. So, I couldn't find exactly what year this was in, but there was an article published um, entitled New Rules for Children. It was published in Harper's Roundtable magazine, and it made suggestions for families to change the way they raise their children and to set a positive example for them. So the this the first couple ones aren't so crazy, but again, it's just it's just showing you the context that we're starting with here. Yeah. So so two pieces of advice from that article. Give positive feedback for good behavior, not just punishment for unwanted behaviors. So it's the the whole concept of, you know, be nice to your children. Don't just beat them like a mule when you when they do something you don't want. I mean you can according to them, apparently you can still do that, but just, you know. Throw some positive in there every once in a while. And I also suggested don't punish or discipline children when you're angry and treat them humanely. Violent punishment toward children was strongly discouraged, and this was a revolutionary stance at the time. Oh, damn. And I'm like, oh. I'm so glad I was born in the 20th century. Okay, so now getting into more of what was sort of considered the parenting norms at the time. Children only need to learn the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic, or the three R's. And within that, only enough that they could choose a trade when they got older and could read the Bible. Above and beyond that was seen as unnecessary. Oh, like that's only for hoity-toity people kind of thing? Yeah, like it's not going to help make you make you more money or make you do better in the world. You just needed thing. enough to learn that one trade that you do every day forever. Mm-hmm. And also, it was very... Um, whereas today, we try to raise boys and girls pretty similarly, yeah, relatively speaking. Like well-rounded. They were very much trying to raise boys and girls into specific gender roles. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, and they were raised differently to develop key traits for each sex. So boys were taught to be inventive and enterprising, while girls were taught to be nurturing homemakers. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so now we're starting to get into some of the, the crazy stuff. Oh, good. So for your child's health, the baby's sleeping position should always be with the head pointing due north. And here's a quote that showed why that was apparently important. There are known to be great electrical currents always coursing in one direction around the globe. In the opinion of Dr. Kennedy, there is no doubt that our nervous systems are somewhat, in some mysterious way connected with this universal agent, as it may be called electricity. So considering we are not birds or bats or the, the migrat- migratory <laughs> animals... No. <laughs> I mean, he just compared us to, like, magnetic waves. Like, like oh, no. at this point, we would all just be, like, one giant head blob stuck together. I wonder if that, if that goes back to what we were talking about, where, you know, point yourself north at the moment of conception or whatever, if that has something to do with it. It's all coming together. <laughs> uh, this one I thought was crazy, and I could never find out what the reasoning was for it. I looked and looked. 
but it said you should cover your babies in lard every day for the first week of life. Oh, oh, that'd be such a greasy baby. <laughs> okay, first off, newborn babies. They, I mean, the tops of their heads smell yummy, but the rest of them don't smell so yummy. Uh-huh. You know, they get kind of sweaty, and you're not supposed to bathe them as often, and then you c- cover them in lard. I hate lard anyway. I mean, how do you change the diaper? The diaper would just snoop. I don't, I don't know. Wouldn't that be itchy and I, hot? I don't, I don't know anything beyond what Why I told you. Why would you butter? Well, I guess that's where you get butter up the baby from. Well, I don't know. I don't. That's disgusting. Okay, again, I, again, it had to have come from some either <laughs> scientific or health that's not believe. Scientific. Well, again. I'll get to that with my disclaimer. Our brains have magnetic waves towards each other. Um, (laughs) So the next one, this is super condescending. If you want to give birth to a beautiful baby, pregnant women should avoid thinking about ugly people. Oh, that continues on into my decades, too. So just letting you know. And I kind of see this continuous pattern for a very long time. But basically, if there's anything wrong with the baby when it's born that it's all the mother's fault yeah you had bad thoughts you had bad thoughts negative thoughts you did yeah come on men take responsibility you went and read a horror movie or a horror story or something so this is something that would kind of be self-perpetuating because of the nature of it listen to this mothers should not nurse their babies when they are angry or anxious this could give the baby colic or worse make the milk poisonous that My child would have care. never eaten if that was the case, because I was just an emotional mess. <laughs> that kind of carries over into my decades, but I'll, oh. I'll but it goes a little bit further. So okay, don't let kids use a nightlight; it will mess up their nervous system. What the what? I yeah, they had nightlights back then, or a candle or something. Oh, okay, but yeah, because this goes into like the nineteen teens and stuff like that. Yeah, but. I mean, if the kid's skate nervous system, it's just a flicker of light, for God's sakes. It's not like it, putting a sun lamp in there. I know. This, I'm just, I'm just the reporter. I know. You're just reporting. People oh, no. This is probably the worst of all, and this is more of a, a mother thing than a uh, child thing, but there was a turn of the century. Oh, I'm already grasping my boobs. A turn of the century parenting book called The Mother and Her Child, and it instructed mothers to wash their nipples with soap and water fine and then rinse in boreacic acid (laughs) we're both clutching our nipples so hard right now oh the burning dude i think about when you've got like the raw stuff going on and then you add acid to it but see i never nursed but just the thought of like how sensitive your nipples are anyway and then you're gonna put boreacid nipples you know you're just like no don't touch it no Oh, um, this is a a pattern that kind of comes back, that comes and goes across many of the different Jeez. decades. But a held baby is a spoiled baby. Oh yeah, yeah. So handle the baby as little as possible. Turn it occasionally from side to side. Feed it, change it, keep it warm, and let it alone. Crying is absolutely absolutely essential to the development of good, strong lungs. The baby should cry vigorously several times a day. Trust me, they do that even when you hold them. <laughs> so I'm going to say that also carries into my 1920s and 30s research. Gotcha. Sadly, when I read <sighs> that, I was like, 
what? But I remember when Sabrina was born Mm -hmm. and I would hear her cry. I would go get her. My mom's like, leave her alone. She needs to cry for a little bit so her lungs get stronger. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think her lungs are strong enough. She's like, well, she has to get used to not having you near her. I'm like, don't understand. (laughs) Like, I'm just saying, you're like, you're like, I don't know what to do. do. Confused. You're telling me to fight all my instincts. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and this kind of goes beyond that. At the age of two weeks, the child may be systematically carried around in the arms two to three times a day as a means of furnishing additional change in position. Like, like upright? I guess. Just putting them somewhere other than just like ah, blah, 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 laying on their back being the left alone or yeah. something left alone you can actually totter it around yeah. two to three whole times a day someone can pick up the baby jeez i know um and finally the last one i have for this time period is left-handedness should be discouraged and trained away i have heard that and I mean, such a small percentage of the population, relatively speaking, it's like less than twenty percent is left-handed. Yeah, but like they that, considered it? it to be like even in my mom, as mom's childhood, mom and dad's childhood, they said if you were a lefty, they would force you to try to be a right, mm-hmm. a righty, because they considered it like evil or like the devil's. I mean, I'm, and please, no one write to me hateful stuff. I'm just saying that's what she heard. Yeah. So, and it's. It's just interesting. So that's what I have for the late 1800s and the early 1900s. It's so warm and fuzzy. It's so warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. All right. Yay. What's our next chunk of time? I have the 1920s and the 1930s. Ah. And some of it blends together, but I'm going to just break them up. That's an interesting period because you have both, like, the opulence of the 1920s and the Great Depression in there. Yeah, so that's why I say some stuff overlaps, but I break them up because of that. Right. So, like you, I actually took a page from Sarah and I got a little bit of back story research to it. see, it's fun. Yeah, so from the 1920s and onward, scientific information on child care and child health started to become general public knowledge. Okay. Rather than just following tradition or family customs, mothers were increasingly influenced by the strong, authoritative voice of science. Okay, in theory, a good thing. A.K.A. they listened to doctors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be, and it says here, this is quoted from this website I got it from. It says, a voice that was, and still is, very convincing, alluring, and powerful, but not always wise. <laughs> so here's some things. So going back to pregnant women not looking at ugly people right it also says here they should also avoid thinking of ugly people those marked by deformity oh and again i didn't write this and i'm gonna get mad um avoid fright injury or disease because it could lead to something with the baby or if you miscarried or something like basically you said it's all your fault yeah what did you do And then also, yes, crying is essential to lung development. So hold the baby and handle the baby as little as possible. Basically, care for its needs and then leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Behaviorism became in vogue during the 1920s and 30s. So that means that babies and children were treated without strict rewards and punishments would quickly spiral out of control. So they were encouraging a... like very structured rewards and yes, punishment. Warn- okay. And basically also warning parents of giving too much love and affection. Okay. And there was this American psychologist known uh, John B. Watson. And 
This is a very famous quote. I saw it through several things in my research. Um, it's really hilarious. As we read it, I'm like, no wonder they like got to the 40s and drank themselves. <laughs> Never hug and kiss children. Never let them sit in your lap. If you must, kiss them once on the forehead when they say goodnight. Shake Aww. hands with them in the morning. Try it out. In a week's time, you will find how easy it is to be perfectly objective with your child. And at the same time, kind. You will be utterly ashamed of the mawkish, sentimental way you've been handling it. I'm, like, dying inside right now. That's just so sad. There's some other quotes of his where it's like, if you... I mean, it sounds so sexist and homophobic, but it was like, if you are super affectionate of a little boy, you will take away his manhood. Um, if fathers are, like, overtly affectionate to their daughters, then they will be loose. I mean, it's... No. It's a lot of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, That's, that sounds like so, some older, quote-unquote, professional projecting their own crap onto other people. You think? Yeah. I don't really... I didn't... I saw mostly just quotes. I didn't really get to see where his research came from. Right. Same here. I would love to know where his research air quotes air quotes hashtag (laughs) um so now i'm gonna go into like some of these weird quirky baby things i heard okay at 10 days old it was recommended that babies could have strained vegetables what 10 days wow um they can have cod liver oil by four weeks i heard i've read a lot of random stuff about livering like cod liver oil and stuff i'm like and by nine weeks, they could be eating bacon and eggs with dad. Nine How? Weeks. I don't know. How can their little bodies even process that? Oh, wait. Here, There's more. It was also recommended giving black coffee to infants at six months so they can, quote, get used to the normal eating habits of the family. Can you see my face right now? I know. Not only is that bad Uh, for their poor digestive systems, but the poop that you have to clean. I know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Rocketing out the tush. (laughs) Feeding it bacon and eggs and giving it a sip of coffee. (laughs) No Mm. wonder. Like, I think back to, like, all of the crap, at least on my mom's side of the family, like, digestive issues. Uh I'm like, maybe it's because they were giving their kids freaking black coffee. Uh, and again, I'm trying to not be like the super judgy person, and like I'll even get into my disclaimer later on about that. But I'm just like, it did what? And I love how like they blanket it is, so the kid can get used to the normal eating habits of the family. Coffee is not an eating habit. Ugh. Anyway, uh, parents Ugh. parents were also advised to keep their children outside all day as long as possible. Because I don't, I don't have an issue with that. No, I mean like, but they couldn't come inside. Like oh, they would gotcha. lock them out. Oh. Yeah. Here's one that'll really get you. Oh dear. Um, little boys should not be given soft names because they lacked ba- a backbone. Yay! Toxic masculinity. Um, and then children must be fed on a rigid feeding schedule, so about every four hours. Okay. Whether or not they're hungry. Feed your kid. Like, not just a baby, mm-hmm. a child. Right. Eat. Eat. <laughs> eat. And then it's like, no wonder Americans eat. are fat. You either eat now, and then, but they could, like, if they didn't want to eat then, then they were going to have to wait another four hours. Right. So it was like eight hours of not eating. Yeah. Good time. So that means they would have to wake up at like 3 a.m. because 
they ate for four hours like previously. Around the clock? Yes. Four hours? Not just like 8 a.m. to bedtime? <laughs> no, yes. Oh, F no. <laughs> Until they Forget were like, that shit. they were like school age, they had to eat every four hours. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Girl, they were giving cod liver to a four week old. <sighs> hell no. To the now, now, now. Right. What I love is the ad. The ad that I pulled the whole. They could be eating bacon and eggs with dad at nine weeks. I was like, what? No. All right. Moving on to the 1930s. Ah, oh, girl. I I pulled this directly from this one website called HowToAdult.com, and it was Very about nice. child discipline in the 1930s, and it actually had like a really lot of good info. But it said here, it's a good introduction, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. Mm -hmm. Um, To understand discipline techniques of the 1930s, we need to be aware of the other constraints at the time, mainly the economic collapse. Right. As parents struggled to feed their families, little thought was given to disobedient children. At the same time, most children were too busy helping their families survive to express the same type of defiance kids often do today. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Totally. The average household had gone from making... 2300 a year to just making um, 1500 a year. That's a big difference. And by 1932, more than 12.5 million people were out of work. And in these bleak times, disciplining children was just an afterthought. Disciplining was not meant to cultivate the children. Hold on. Was not meant to cultivate the children for who they would grow into, but rather keep them in line so they wouldn't bother the adults. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, discipline was just like, get out of my hair. Yeah. Not, I want you to grow into a better person. Mm-hmm. That being said, here's some quirky stuff I found. All right. Now, this was published by the U.S. government, but in a pamphlet published by the U.S. Government in 1932, it suggested toilet training your baby immediately after they're born. Oh, my gosh. Think on that. How? (laughs) Think on that. That just seems like setting yourself up for such. Prop it in the the little tub. (laughs) Imagine like a Johnny jump up, like a hole in the bottom that just poops can fall out of. Poops, poops, lots of pieces. (laughs) Uh, Pregnant women should not travel at all. Not even in a car ride. They they Mm -hmm. thought then that all travel was dangerous to the baby at any stage of pregnancy. Although back then, especially in vehicles, it probably was. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of boring. All right. So in cities, they had something called baby cages. Yes, I've seen those, girl. I'm going to re- I'm gonna explain it. So in line of thinking about babies needing uh, more outdoor exposure continued into the 1930s when these frightening home accessories made their de- debut, roughly the size of an in-window air conditioner. These portable porches were designed to allow city children in tall buildings to get their recommended dose of fresh air and sunshine. So essentially, if you've never seen the picture, if you go to the link from the show notes, it, it, it there's a picture of a baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cage hanging from this window. It's like a small dog kennel, like mounted and there's a, to the there's side a bed. of your, There's a bed on there. And they're just, they're sitting there. You can see the, the window is closed. Uh-huh. And they're in the cage, and the baby's, like, holding onto the walls, and this look on its face is like, WTF? Uh, yeah. Um, it makes my stomach drop every time I think about those, especially with, like, how tall the buildings are in some cities. I know, and I just, how, how did they breathe, especially in the summertime? 
Because even, I mean, even in New York, it gets hot. And that's, as awful as that is, that is one of those ones where I can understand that, okay, I can see what they were going for. They were going for, but I mean, these cages but, were made out of, like, chicken wire and stuff. Oh, babies! Yeah, I mean, the baby does have this look of, like... Uh, WTF, mate? <laughs> why am I out here? I just can't... I mean, because now they're like, they'll have the baby in extreme heat or extreme cold. Building. Right. Discipline, again, was only viewed in the form of punishment for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, parents had little time for fun or family activities. So the prevailing science of the decade heralded children as self-regulating. Mm-hmm. So they were left to their own devices. Children would regulate themselves in such a way to perform as necessary in society. So they basically figure your own shit out. And I mean, with the, with the, with the way things were at the time, Makes it, sense. you kind of had to, you know, as everyone survived the way they had to. And if there was any form of discipline, it was harsh and quick. Fear of physical consequences to keep kids straight and narrow. Oh, and they they worried very little on how these yes. methods would affect children as they grew. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my basics is... You Are know. these the kids that all grew into the serial killers in the 1970s? Potentially. This is like the ones that they call the silent generation, where uh-huh. like they don't share their feelings and stuff. Right. They could have. I mean, if they were babies, yeah, it could be the yeah, 40s. Yeah. I figured it out. Dun, dun. They were put in baby cages. <laughs> baby cages. Shut the window on me. That's all for this week. Tune in next week when we bring you more crazy parenting advice throughout history. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on Patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till next time. time.